0: Welcome to Business Masters, the podcast that gives you direct access to world-leading experts on key business issues. To be the first to know about future shows and to access even more exclusive content, visit businessblueprint.com and subscribe today. Hello, it's Dale Beaumont here, founder of Business Blueprint, and welcome to another Business Masters podcast. Today, I'm talking with global pricing expert, Steve Major. And our topic is The Seven Principles to Profitable Pricing. Steve, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me on, Dale.
0: Now, pricing is not something that we hear about a a lot in business, but why is it so important to our our success?
1: Well, uh, you're dead right. It's something that hasn't had enough attention given to it, yet it's one of the four Ps of marketing, the cornerstone of, uh, of them all, really. But probably why it's so important is it can have such a big impact on our bottom line. One percent price rise can often mean um, huge changes in the profitability of a business.
0: All right. And when you talk about pricing, is, you know, is it as simple as just the amount that you charge? Charge more? I'm guessing there's a little bit um, more to the picture than just that.
1: Yeah, there certainly is. I mean often that's what we think of pricing is, is just the end point, the dollars on the product or our service that we're offering but it really is a strategic decision of the business and we need to be looking at it in a much more complete manner. There's a whole host of tactics that are, uh, exist around how we can maximize pricing for to obtain the best profit.
0: Yeah, and we're going to look at a whole bunch of those later on, but let's just squash one of them on on the head. Like, so if you did put up your prices, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, but I don't want to do that because my customers are already complaining that my prices are too high and I don't want to I don't want to turn anybody away or uh, have people stop dealing with them. I really need their business." So what would you say to people that are resistant about Changing or just being open to new ideas around their price—not necessarily changing it—but a lot of people just put up a brick wall the moment you look at different options. What would you say to those people?
1: Well, it's the the thing that most people, uh, you know, their biggest objection is all my customers are sensitive to price, and the answer to that really is if you give them nothing else to compare you on, then you are going to be compared on price. So we need to be able to understand how to communicate our value and capture that in the price we charge
0: all right and we're going to go into seven principles in a few moments time before that though you know there's people that go oh that won't work for me because i'm a product-based business or that won't work work for me because i sell services you know do the same principles apply or are they slightly different based on the type of business you are
1: there's nuances between a product business and a service business um you know the, how you communicate your value how do you translate that into price but a lot of these, uh, there are a lot of similarities at the same time. So you know, there are some nuances, but there's the pricing, how we react to pricing is is a human reaction at the end of the day, mm. no matter what size organization we're dealing with. And we need to understand how we can utilize that knowledge to maximize our price.
0: So we're going to get to the seven principles and like you say, they are universal and they work for all different types of businesses. But before we get to that, tell me a bit about, uh, share with me some examples of people that have changed their pricing uh, model and uh, and it's had an amazing effect on their bottom line, like you say.
1: Well, I'm going to give a couple here. One is a client of mine that's in a, in a traditional consulting business that has started using options instead of just presenting one price, presenting uh, three different options when they've put their consulting projects out. As a result of using options, they have had over 100% growth in their business. That's top line growth. And bottom line growth is significantly more because it's dropping straight to the bottom line. So it's been hugely uh, life-changing for them. Uh, They're a small business. They've got about 15 employees. And it's been, you know, incredibly life changing. But the other one that I just really quickly want to talk about that most people, you know, a lot of people nowadays have flown on an airplane, and we look out those windows and we see on the wings there those engines. And Rolls Royce engines are what are power most of the airplanes we see. And a few years ago, they changed how they priced their engines. Instead of selling at just one multi-million dollar price, they charge the airlines now. For how many miles those engines fly. It added to the bottom line of Rolls-Royce something like over 60% to the bottom line. So whether it's a small business or a large business, whether we're in a product or a service. Uh, price has such an incredible impact.
0: Mm. And just to explain that the, the difference, they used to charge by selling the engine and then selling, you know, maintenance. If something goes wrong, come to us and we'll fix you and we'll charge you for fixing it. So the the buyer, in this case, the airline, had no kind of certainty around how much they were going to be paying each month, and they didn't want to have some huge unexpected bill that would uh, affect their cash flow. So what you're saying, what they've done is moved to uh, pricing per per hour of the the plane is in the air, but that includes all the maintenance. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. They What they did is they understood what was valuable to the airline, and valuable to the airline was that aircraft up in the air. And they said, well, once we've understood that value, now we can price it accordingly. And it's a really a principle that we need to, to understand uh, so much for no matter what size business we're talking about.
0: Well, I'd like to explore that briefly. W- when you say about uh, understanding you know, the value, where your value is, can you give me one or two other examples of people that have come to a, had some type of breakthrough based on just asking that question?
1: Okay. Uh, this is uh, one that is always amusing to me and it, and it is because a business that sells dirt – is not one that people think, you know, you're going to have any price advantage. But this business quarry, in other words, understood that the people it dealt with, construction companies and the like, needed the the soil and the stones, et cetera. And yes, they needed a certain quality. But what really was important was timeliness of delivery. Mm. And once they understood that aspect, they were able to change their pricing model and they were able to just absolutely kill it in their market. And it was through understanding that the customer, yes, they wanted the core product, but really what was driving you know, their client's behavior was that they wanted it at a particular time and they didn't want it late, they didn't want it early, they wanted it at that time. And once they understood that, they could put everything around it.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm really excited now having heard those examples. And uh, let's, let's talk about the seven principles. Um, so we'll go through them as quickly as we, we can, but we don't want to brush over them either. So let's go through number one and blame to us what it is, what is it is.
1: Okay. Number one, price has nothing to do with costs or effort. So Oftentimes, and uh, I'm an accountant by profession originally, and, and oftentimes the financial controller or the finance person in a business says, you know, it's going to cost us X or Y to deliver this product or service. And therefore, to make a profit, we add 10%, 20%, whatever margin. And that suddenly becomes the price. Now, it's not to say that costs are irrelevant, but the reality is. We don't ever, as a consumer, as a customer, as a business engaging any of our suppliers, we don't buy on what it costs them to produce. We buy on the value it is to us. Therefore, we can't price our goods on costs either. All we can do is truly understand the value, and it's got nothing to do with costs or effort.
0: Fantastic. All right, let's talk about number two. What's number two?
1: You are what you charge. Now, this is one that gets to the essence of of pricing. In so many different ways. Pricing at the end of the day is seen as a as a personal reflection of the business and as a reflection of the individual. So pricing decisions, no matter what size organization, are being made by humans. And humans uh, we have emotions, and thus we we start to think of the prices as some sort of reflection of ourselves. And that's why. You know, the smaller businesses, the coaching businesses and consulting businesses struggle to put their prices up because they fear that they're going to lose clients. Um, the small you know suburban business has the same mentality yet. Yeah, well, they've got to get over this nearly self-esteem aspect and realize that the price is a massive signal to our market. So prices, you are what you charge. Also, can says you know it's a it's a confidence. We need to price with confidence and state to the market we're worth every last cent of that figure that we're wanting for our product or service. And the reason why is because we can clearly explain the value. So this is a real hard one. People do struggle with this uh, often time, and yet it's really the crux of of pricing here that. Price is a massive signal of who we are uh, and of who the organization is. And it, and it's not an easy one to overcome. I think all of us in all business have at times struggled with setting our prices because we, we hate that fear of rejection.
0: Let's talk about number three, price the customer. What does that actually mean?
1: Okay, so we, we're always used to the concept of we've got a product or a service and and therefore we'll set the price for that but we need to be looking at it from what customer is going to buy that and are there different types of customers for different types of products and services and can we therefore alter the pricing depending upon who the person is or who the organization is that is buying you know the range of our products and services we need to think about the customer first and then our product or service not the other way around
0: okay um just i just want to make sure that we're clear on this it's not about pricing differently so you know if you're selling to corporates we're going to charge 50 percent more because they can afford it versus if they're you know a small business owner or uh, you know just a family per se you're not you're not saying that are you
1: no i'm not saying that i will cover that little issue a little further down but um what I'm saying here is that if we truly understand the customer that we want to deal with, then we can price our services or products accordingly. We must really have a in-depth knowledge of what is driving that customer's behavior, not um, striving to be all things to all people and price it to meet everybody. That ends up pricing it for nobody. We need to understand the customer.
0: Alright, let's talk about principle number four.
1: Principle number four is the one that uh, I think is another one. I suppose I like them all, but uh, pay attention to the the next best alternative. Oftentimes, we think that whatever we're doing, there's nothing else comparable in the world, and sometimes that may well totally be the truth. But our customers are always going to be comparing us to something. Now, it mightn't be an exact like for like. It mightn't be an exact match, but if they've got – a thousand dollars in their wallet, or a hundred or ten thousand, whatever the price is here, they're going to be looking at making a decision how to spend that money and whether it is with our service or our product, or with a direct alternative, or maybe something totally different. So, we need to be very clear of how our customer views us in the marketplace. So, we are there is always going to be alternatives to us. So, for instance. Wi-Fi, we're starting to get used to so much in speaking in the Australian context of Wi-Fi being free at certain coffee shops and and so forth. So that means that the hotels and that that are charging this exorbitant price for Wi-Fi in our room are suddenly starting to get you know real pushback from the guests staying there because these guests are now used to having cheap Wi-Fi elsewhere. And even though from a costing point of view, a lot of these hotels have got infrastructure that they struggled to do it much cheaper anyhow, the reality is the alternative is suddenly a lot cheaper and they're getting negative and quite significant negative feedback that is starting to make some of these hotels either make it free or, or, or some other pricing approach. And it's purely because of getting used to the fact that Wi-Fi has suddenly become a lot more accessible in other venues or off our phones or iPads or whatever it might be, that the hotel Wi-Fi at $29 a day or whatever the figure is, is suddenly seen as exorbitant.
0: And if you were a hotel, what would you be advising them to do? Uh, would you just say, look, let's cut it loose and just lose that revenue, You know, sell something else? What, what would your advice be to them about how they should price moving forward?
1: Okay, so I would be looking at the reason why people are there is not because of the Wi-Fi. They're there for the total experience. So therefore, give away the Wi-Fi or have it at such a cheap price. Yes, that has an impact on the revenue, but they need to look at their overall product and look at design, the overall experience of the product and see what else they can do to you know, take back the revenue from some other source. But there is no doubt that Wi-Fi if they don't hurry up and offer it for free, um, the, the negative sentiment is just going to continue to rise. Okay, let's look
0: at number five. Uh, and number five is options are not just traded on the stock market. You spoke about options earlier in the interview. Just want to expand on number five for us now.
1: Okay, so one of the most powerful techniques is to present to a customer different options. So instead of just having this product or this range of service, we need to give them different options. Now, with a product we could bundle things together. We could make a package up. With a service business, it could be, you know, depending on what nature of the business is, you know, from a landscape business, it could be the option of just mowing the lawns to doing the entire garden maintenance just off the cuff there. But what the point is, is that suddenly you're changing the conversation. Instead of a yes, no, will I deal with that company, it is which option will I utilize? Now, it doesn't mean that just through the use of options you're suddenly going to convert everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But there is no doubt there's so much evidence that through presenting options to people that you you do significantly increase the conversion, but you increase it at a higher dollar figure. So you always present three options, the magic number of three, and the one that will get more acceptance is the middle-priced option. Now, depending on how it's displayed in the written form or on the website, but basically you'll get more people at that mid-price range than you would have before. Most people probably would have sold the lower-priced option As their default, but if they give two other options, they're going to A, increase conversion and B, increase at a higher dollar rate. For those businesses that are on the web, uh, they need to have the three options and they need to have the highest price option on the left-hand side and the uh, lowest price option on the right-hand side. There's become some quite clear uh, evidence of analytics, of eye tracking that show that that works the best so again, the is quite price is the highest price
0: normally we would think the highest price would be on the far right and the lowest price on the left you're saying reverse that is that right
1: yeah absolutely that has been the case until about 12 months ago when some quite significant uh, research was done using fmri the, the brain device to to measure what people are doing and with eye tracking and it is found that we will buy what is actually on the left so um it's been As a result, you're starting to see, you know, more of the sophisticated websites move their high-priced option to the left, Mm. and it's increasing conversion. So um, it's a little counterintuitive, as you say, because we expect it to be on the right hand side, and that's where it started. Um, Now, this does not track straight to if it's a written form. The written form is still to be on the right-hand side, But, but the web is very much the left. So just a little technique there of how we can maximize pricing. But and options are one of the most powerful techniques, and I don't care what sort of business you're in, consider how to use options and versions in your products or services.
0: And can you go too far? Can you have too many options and it works against you?
1: Yeah, there's, uh, there is there's definite research that uh, too much choice freezes people. Uh, so absolutely. I always recommend to my clients three uh, options, unless there's really good reason to give a fourth or a fifth. Uh, But beyond five, no way. It just becomes, you know, unwieldy. Uh, It becomes too complex. So I feel that three is the best number. It's simple. It's enough, though, that there is choice, but not enough to confuse. All right, let's talk about number six. Test, test, test. We always uh, think of price as the absolute figure. We think that that's the figure that we can make a dollar at. We'll put it out in the marketplace, and if it doesn't work – uh, it must have been something wrong with either the price was too high or something wrong with the product. Yet I've got a a story that really probably started me on this pricing journey many years ago, and that was a product that was brought into Australia and was tried to sell at $9.95. However, fortunately, the owner of this business, I was a junior accountant for this client, but in no way was I responsible for the advice, wouldn't want to take credit, but he Tested his price, and it ended up that product sold just flew off the shelves at $39.95. And yet, at $9.95, it just would not sell. And he increased the price to 19, then 29, then 39, then 49, and dropped it back to 39. And that's where the most dollar sales, most units were sold. The most, was the units, biggest, not just the most revenue, even at that correct, price point, at, even at that price point, and to continue. This, when he went to New Zealand with the same product, $49.95 New Zealand dollars was the price point that worked best over there.
0: So why is it that you can sell something at a higher price and sell more units? How does that work?
1: This was a, a safety device for targeted at the female market. And the point was at $9.95, people thought it was junk. Thought it was not worth it. At 19, 29, 39, etc., people felt it was a value. Price is a signal. You are what you charge. And it was seen then to be worth spending money. If it's going to be a safety device and look after my wife, my mother, my sister, my daughter, then it would be worth, you know, it's not $9.95. That's obviously just cheap imported rubbish. When, you know, $39.95 sent the signal that it was actually. A far more important product so it's all about the signal that is being sent by price as much as anything else and that's what the lesson of just being willing to test to me price is both a science and an art and the art aspect of it here is that we need to be willing to test the scientific part of it is is create situations where we can test the different price points and just see what works for our product or service.
0: And it's even easier to do online as well. I know a lot of you know, clients of mine that sell products, they will uh, launch it and in the first day, they'll launch it to maybe a sample. If they've got like say 30,000 customers, they might uh, launch out to 1,000 and they'll um, split test maybe say four prices. They'll get the analytics on 1,000 and then they'll roll it out at the price point that that uh, produced the most revenue. Um, so that's uh, definitely easier to do online but you can do that. Uh, offline as well and just um, you know but the main thing is is you're not testing too many variables at one time because then you don't know what created the effect so just you know keep everything else consistent and just change the price but if you start changing a few things yeah it could backfire.
1: Yes it, it is um, oh, I totally endorse everything you've just said there and the, you know the analytics that we can get from online it just makes this so much easier but Uh, For those businesses that are listening to this that are in the offline world, please uh, take the message to heart to test your prices.
0: All right, let's talk about number seven as we start to wrap these
1: up. Yeah, let price drive value. We often think of the value that is created uh, by our product or service and then we try to uh, capture that through or part of that through the price that we set. But with this principle of letting price drive value is this uh, reiteration that price is a signal it, it it shows to the market exactly what we stand for and who we are. So we mentioned earlier about you know services to bigger corporations versus small, and just because it's a bigger one, you charge more. But the point there is if the bigger organisation has more needs, so set a large price and then create the value behind that create the, the product that delivers on that price point uh, rather than the other way around. That we need to be constantly looking at ways to utilize price to drive innovation in our business, to drive the whole business, uh, whereas often price is the last thing that's set, whereas I'm of the attitude that it, it should be very early in the piece. It's It's one of the four Ps of marketing. And when we're thinking about designing a product and designing the promotion of the product We should also be thinking about the price in the same sense in a marketing capacity and then putting the behind the scenes to deliver on that value behind that to make certain that we're delivering the value to that price that we've communicated to our market.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm going to do my best to quickly summarize for everybody. Number one, a price has nothing to do with cost. Number two, you are what you charge. Number three, price the customer. Number four was pay attention to the next best alternative. Number five, options are not just traded on the stock market. Number six, test, test, test. And number seven, let price drive value. So I hope I've got all those correct. Any final thoughts that you want to share or words of advice as we wrap up?
1: We are sensitive to uh, price. It is uh, something that we we fear tinkering with uh, in a business because obviously it is what drives our, our top-line revenue. But it is actually a huge lever in a business and there are so many opportunities by understanding uh, pricing strategies and how we all react. There's a whole psychology of pricing. If, through understanding some of these techniques, we can actually really drive the profitability of a business.
0: Steve, it's been a pleasure chatting. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. For more information about Steve Major, please visit stevemajor.co.
1: Thanks for listening to another Business Masters
0: podcast. To access more great content or to download your free business plan template, visit businessblueprint.com.